A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to another Break It Down. It's me, Alex McCarthy, and Kenny McIntosh. As usual, we are here ushering in the summer of wrestling in the UK. Money in the bank on the horizon. AEW has bloody every show imaginable. Forbidden Door this weekend. All in, all out. It doesn't stop. Uh, Man, the guests don't stop for us either, Kenny. Seth Rollins is going to be on the show this week uh but of course he comes after the uh magical scott kenny mcintosh what's going on man i mean i've never opened for seth rollins before but i'll try um <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited to be here there's loads of stuff going on which is good like finn martin and i reviewed insurrection 2003 the other day for patreon because we are gluttons for punishment but we're also completists so we wanted to do the last uk pay-per-view and it's so dire it's is so that bad. can i just ask is uh-huh. that the insurrection where steve austin does that promo in the middle of the ring and he's like drank four beers five beers six beers or have i got that wrong uh he, yeah he does say he, i've drank one pint two pints he's on a highlight reel with chris jericho yeah. and dash off yeah there we go okay saved the show yeah yeah i thought it was one of the highest saved the sh- i mean on a pay-per-view no offense to this person right on a pay-per-view, Goldust, who was like a pretty decent character in WWE, takes 10 minutes to beat Rico. Uh, it's grim. But uh, anyway, the, the point I was going to make was, in because Finn was talking about when he ran Power Slam, that like, it was quite tough when wrestling wasn't firing all cylinders when you're selling a magazine because oh. you need to get people to buy it. And it was like, 
so you look at like the summer of two thousand three, when like yeah, there was TNA, but it hadn't really popped yet, and there was WWE with Triple H's Reign of Terror. And yeah. let me assure you, on, on second watch, it is worse than you remember it. Mm. Um, but like compared to now in twenty twenty three, but it's like in the next three months we've got this amazing Money in the Bank London show, which is like a really you know it's got Trish Stratus on it. It's got this bloodline implosion. It's got all this stuff on it. And then you've got a Forbidden Door with Okada and Danielson. Then you've got an, a Wembley AEW pay-per-view. You've got a SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar and Code. Like, there's so much stuff. So much. I don't think we realise how lucky we are this year because there was a time where it was really, really grim. Can, can I, uh, before I go back to that, can, mm-hmm. can I just say, when uh, uh, Trish was announced for Money in the Bank, um, I, I think I've I've made it quite clear that she was my teenage crush, right? <laughs> um, and she's my mid thirties crush. Ah, uh, Kenny, I still love her, but obviously I'm trying to <laughs> trying to keep a modicum of professionalism because if, if I do end up interviewing her or something, it's just you know awkward. Um, and uh, the the picture she posted the other day, oh, oh my word, right? And I had like uh, <laughs> I had like two drafts of tweets that I was like. And there was nothing offensive about them, but I just thought, oh, I just can't give away how much I <laughs> fancy Trish Stratus, basically. I was like, I know how I know what Twitter will do with that information. I know how they'll twist it. Um You're so only human. You're I only didn't, human. I did I didn't tweet it, Kenny. I kept it to myself. But um, you know, you say about Triple H, man, that Rain Eternal Terror was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 as somebody who has rewatched maybe 98 to 05, 04, I would say I've done that about four times, which is pretty sad. But uh, yeah, it does. It never gets better. <laughs> it, it literally, there is no viewing that can save it. And we, 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 three, and especially, let's forget. Horrible Scott Steiner start to the year. Just yeah. terrible. Uh, Kevin Nash, who walks out like he's about to go to get the bus. <laughs> and like he, cause the thing is, like, that this, so, and then Triple H, like, so, and this is off topic. So Triple H, right? This cunt, he comes out and he says in storyline form with, with Kevin Nash, he, Kevin Nash comes back and they're best friends with Shawn Michaels. So there's this, like, behind the scenes dynamic and relationship which has mm. never really been explained on tv that we need to all of a sudden accept and then he says kev if you want to come with me come with me but you'll need to stand behind me that's what he says to his pal mm. like and, and, and then the rock comes in and he like is so given as a performer to like the hurricane and then triple h is like mm, i think i'll need to squash him i think i just need to and he just everybody who works with them comes out looking worse booker yeah, t well. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. did in that period. I, I'm actually a bit of a, a a Triple H defender overall, um, in in the sense that some people say, oh, you know, he wasn't that good, or he never had a five star match. I would actually heavily disagree with that. But he just didn't have any in 2003. No, no, there is like a two, that two three year stretch is horrible, without a doubt. Um, and I, and I will reclude that from any defense. <laughs> I have for Triple H. It will be pulled. Um, but yeah, I, oh man, it, it, like, is is that the year as well where he just inexplicably racist Booker T? Like it's just like it's yeah. just a it's just it's just one terrible hit after another terrible hit. It really is. Um, need to stop talking about it to be honest. It's all anyway, on the network. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to relive it, there it is. Um, 
But look, he, 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 in the end, he, he, he did NXT. He brought loads of good people into WWE. He salvaged himself. He turned a corner a bit, didn't he? I, yeah. I, when I interviewed him, I, I, I kind of tried to cleverly word that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, I think you grew. Because uh, obviously the rivalry with with The Rock, so, you know, them two now in like revisionist mode are like, yeah, no, we were just competing and pushing each other. You fucking weren't. Triple H was trying to bully The Rock <laughs> with Shawn Michaels early on. Like, let's not make no mistake. I think there was real hatred there. Um, but obviously, The Rock's gone on to be like the big, one of the most famous people in the world. So Triple H is like, hey, we're pals. <laughs> it's all okay. I feel there is, this, there is this thing, though, in wrestling where it's like, if there's people who really disliked each other, that like years later, it's just as if it never happened. Like, I think that's the just... same thing in boxing UFC, though. Like, you know, you get all of this. You know, I'm, I'm going to kill this bloke, and then it's like you get, you, they have this healthy respect after they share the whatever together. Yeah, when you've not got the competition on um, what you're doing, then is it, which is funny because I think nowadays in wrestling, there's not really that as much anymore. But like you know, your Elliot Knight interview that is is you know is going to be out on the YouTube channel. Uh, I think tonight, as people listen to us, because it's Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, he's someone who like. When I was wa- watching the interview, I was like, "Oh, this guy's old school." Like this guy, like he, because like sometimes when you get interviews with people, whether they're WWE or AEW or whoever, they are very polished in, yeah. in how they they deliver you the corporate interview, and that's and that's it. And there's nothing MD can do about that. That's how they've been taught, or whatever. He gave you like just the best stuff. You know, he was yeah. like, he was honest. He wasn't too honest because you know he didn't. He wants to keep his job, but he was. I feel like he was like somebody who it's competition for him. And I think we need more people who kind of feel that way. Yeah. I, I think he's probably acutely aware of what's bringing him to the dance, right? The, the fact that he is kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got that charisma and, and candor that comes with it. Uh, and yeah, I felt that in the interview. He did say, it, I, I think it was at the end of the Vincent Mann revelation, which people will get, you know, either if they watch it tonight or next week on the pod. But um he basically said, you know, and there's a little bit that I really can't talk about or revisit, which I assume is something that happened with Vince from the way that he kind of led the conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously that, that goes back to the whole Max Dupree. And it turns out that that was pretty much given to him because they were worried about him being 40, <laughs> which I think is fucking laughable in the world of WWE. Damien Priest is out there every week and he's 40. Like, Bobby Lashley won the world title at 44. I, I don't, I mean, I, okay. I think it's one of those things that when you're in the, when you're in the game, when you're on the main roster and you're sort of proven, age doesn't really matter. But I think it's when you're, when, the, when they're Damien Breeze only came up last year. Come on, man. No, I, I, I'm not arguing with you. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that the mindset for the most part is, that like if somebody's if they're bringing prospects up, they're looking at age a lot more. Damian Priest, I guess, just snuck through the cracks. Well, I mean, Ed, Edge kind of brought him up, which maybe is like the cheat code, you know, like a legend says, bringing this guy with me. Yeah, and he does not look anywhere near forty. I mean, Ellie Knight doesn't really look forty either. I mean, but also nobody looks forty apart maybe. from like, I mean, AJ Styles looks forty, but you know, those <laughs> those people who those people who don't. Finn Balor <laughs> doesn't look forty. That body's ridiculous. Like, you know, and he's, what is he, 40, 42, I think, Finn Balor. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up then before we introduce old Seth Rollins. Uh, it's good, though, to talk about LA Knight because 
you could argue that in terms of reactions in WWE right now, you've got a three-pronged attack. You've got Seth Rollins, who is knocking things out of the park, all come together, world champion. LA Knight, I would argue, is the second most popular person in the company right now. The reactions he got in Raw was great, Kenny. Uh, And dare I say that Dominic Mysterio is the end of that trifecta because he garners tremendous reactions every time he's on TV uh, and everything that he's involved in. Uh, Man, do you think that it is LA Knight's money in the bank? Well, you know, it's funny because we talked about this last week about, you know, what do we think is going to happen? Who do we think is going to win? And I was talking to Finn about it on our podcast. And he said something I hadn't really thought about. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because he was like, here's the two reasons why he thinks LA Knight is going to win the match. is because, number one, the, the support is there for it to happen. But the yeah. second thing is, if Logan Paul wins, he's already lost to Rollins. And he's already lost to Reigns. So the two champs that he would go after, in theory, we've already kind of seen the matches. So mm. while I think for obviously for the kind of marketability of like Logan Paul carrying the briefcase around, it would be great. But I think yeah. the reason that I'm gonna and I know you're saying realism, what they're probably gonna do is get to Logan Paul. I think it would do so much more for Alienite if he got it than if Logan Paul got it. But uh, yeah, I think we could ride. That. I've said this a few times that you seldom get a time in WWE where organically somebody gets really over, which is always to me so fulfilling to watch, right? Where somebody is organically red hot. Um, they haven't done much with that thus far, WWE. They kind of ignored it all WrestleMania weekend, right? And this, and these reactions had kind of started maybe March-ish. So I forgot the other... I forgot until I was kind of, you know, like it was in my mind because you were interviewing him different stuff. And I was like, oh my God, he, he, had, he had that feud with Bray Wyatt this year. They did, but that was that was this year. Yeah, they lost like five years ago. Feels so long ago now. Comprehensively lost, in fact. Um, But he, but you know, he's he has he has since got over in spite of the push. Well, if you're entertaining, you're entertaining, and he is like that's kind of undeniable, and you you felt that even in NXT. To be fair to him, Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would does have he does have the look and the feel of a guy that Triple H would like, a guy that Vince would like. You know, like he doesn't. See, it's it's not like Adam Cole is an example where you're like, look, with 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 everything that you know, if you if you've watched WWE for years, Vince McMahon would never push Adam Cole as a main event guy. No, it just wouldn't happen. But whereas with Elliot Knight, he looks like a kind of top guy. So I think that he and the fact that every time something happens to him, or he doesn't get something, or he gets passed over, he never shows it. And he just comes out swinging again, and then people seem to get more behind him when that happens. So if he doesn't mind money in the bank, I think as long as he has a good showing, I think he'll just keep, you know, as long as he just gets a little bit of TV time, he'll use it to make, you know, what was the JR thing he used to say? Maximize your minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what LA Knight does. So I really, I I rarely say this, but wrestling, but I really want him to win. Like I really, really want LA Knight to win. Which is a good sign that somebody like me, who usually can kind of be, you know, impartial to like, oh well, you know, I think this is what's going to happen, or whatever. But yeah. No, I want him to win. I, I do too. Like, I get, I'm a big, I'm a fan of what he's doing. I, I just you know, everything that you said earlier about Logan Paul, um, you know, like look at WWE's world titles. Like visibility and marketing means a lot to them. Um, I just don't know if they'll be able to resist. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, um. 
I hope they can though. You know, I think Logan being in the match is enough itself. He'll do something crazy uh, if the Royal Rumble's anything to go by. And yeah, I think we'll get enough from that. Let's let's switch gears to AW before we move on to Seth because I do want to talk about um, the Owen Hart brackets came out. Now we've got CM Punk, Kojima, which is at Forbidden Door. You've got Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe, Dustin Rhodes for some obscure reason, and Powerhouse Hobbs. And you've got Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks. Those three final matchups are all on collision uh, on June 29th, which is uh, a week away. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A little underwhelming for me, Kenny. Um, I, you know, the, the idea of Punk and Joe is, is an insane one. If you're doing that again, and Juice Robinson, Ricky Starks, I guess carries on the story, but I don't know, not as stacked as I would have thought. I think the I think the thing. I mean, I think that the brackets are actually pretty clever in terms of you know you're going to get Punk and Joe in the semi-final, you're going to get Hobbs and Starks again, you're probably going to get Hobbs and Punk in the final. But what I would like to see them do to just kind of make for both of them, the men's and the women's one is to just add the winner gets a world title shot. That yeah. is what you get. Because yeah, then, add, add an incentive, yeah. Because then when Punk wins, you can tie in the red bag, which we assume has the belt in it, mm-hmm. collision, and he can go, right, I've got the I've got the belt that I never lost. I've got the title shot from winning the Owen Hart Cup. Um, MGF and Punk, let's go. So I think in that sense, I think it's clever to put them in. I think the only thing, and I have saw a lot of people be quite, like, frustrated by this today is that like him and Kojima was just kind of announced in a bracket with no but then I mean this will shock you Alex I am not a huge Japanese wrestling aficionado stop it I know I know you would think that I'm just a Tokyo Dome Mark yeah Euro enthusiast Um, Mm. but I I mean I don't think Kojima is like a major name I feel like he's like a kind of mid-level name so obviously they wanted to do Kenta and yeah, and Kenta didn't want to do it. So, I think the only thing I would have changed is uh, I would have had there be some sort of promo of him kind of saying, "I'm entering my. I've asked Tony Khan to, to for me to be in the Owen Hart Cup because the world title shot is what is on the line." I would have liked to see that be the way that it played out. But I mean, poor Excalibur. I mean, there's How many things to announce in one show? Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. I, I, I mean, there's no Canadians in it either, which is a choice. Um, you'd think there'd be people that want to represent. I mean, there is one of the world's biggest Bret Hart fans in it. 
CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. That was good. I guess. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, who, would you, who, who are the kind of people you would like to see in it that are not... That well, are I mean, Adam, Adam Cole could have... Yeah, I know he's probably going to be programmed with MJF, right? But... Because he's, fa- he's facing... Uh, well, spoiler, if you don't care about Rampage spoilers. Yeah. So he's facing... Ilfie Tom, Tom. Tom Lawler, yeah, mm. for Vendor. Um, You know, I, I, again, one of my only issues here is... CM Punk is such a high stratosphere compared to anyone else in the brackets that, like, kind of feels... I, I don't know. It, it, is it too obvious? Is it just obvious? I, I don't know. Like, you know, the next most established person to him is probably Samoa Joe, and, that, that you know, that, that's going to happen probably in the semi-final. I would like to see Ricky Starks get a great run. I'm a big Ricky fan. Mm-hmm. But there, there is a, a tier of... Ta- Kenny Omega, for God's sake. Why can't you have Kenny in there? Canadian, yeah. I mean, I guess the problem is isn't something that Jericho would want to do. No, like I, you know what I mean. Like there, 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 are, there are stories to tell, but I get it that you want to showcase. You know, there has to be a healthy balance. I but, guess the issue is they've got so many things going on. Like, I mean, that's the thing. The thing that WWE are doing pretty well at the moment is that like everything's kind of building to one thing at a time. Yeah, you know, you've got the build to Money in the Bank, then the build to SummerSlam, then the build to Payback, or whatever the next one is. But like with AEW, there is so much stuff all the time mm. that it's, it, you don't really have room to breathe. And yeah, I guess it could be it could be frustrating. I mean, I know Jericho had said actually that he had. Remember when they did they were in Winnipeg and they did that six man tag? Yeah, they were meant to, he he pitched solo, didn't he? For yeah, him. which is is interesting that that didn't go through. But that yeah, that why was through. well? I mean, when you when you read the comments, Jericho made it sound like. Tony comes like, but he's in a trio right now, as if, <laughs> as, if as if like that can't be broken. So I do unbreakable I, bond. I did want to ask you about one AEW thing. So I've just I've not spoken to you about it. So I'm just curious. What did you think of the Punk return promo from Saturday? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, it's Punk doing what only Punk can seemingly do, right? Like, uh, it, I'm not going to lie, it was very entertaining. Um, tell me when I'm telling lies. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like uh, my, my my thing on Punk is he's still a great orator. Um, he's still very ca- like he stood there for eight minutes and I was glued. So you know that says a lot in, in and of itself. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's these di- promos that are kind of almost directionless because it was a lot of you know been away and then you know, obviously the counterfeit Bucks line was the line that. You know, was uh, was was meant to be the stake in the heart per se. So it was good. It was good, but uh, I don't it's know. interesting because you you are the first person I've kind of spoke to that you don't seem that impressed. So let's unpack that. What are you not impressed about? No, it's it's not that I'm not impressed. Like I said, I I I was glued and I did enjoy it. Um, I I've said this before. I think a wrestling program with CM Punk on it is, you know, is much better. He seems to be edgier than when he was around the first time. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just would have liked, I don't know, something more tangible. He had the, obviously, the, the bag or the belt, whatever, that we think he has. And like I said, there was a nod to the Buck stuff. So you, I assume that they're going to try and work together at some point. I really do. Um, I mean, he, he, he obviously wants, he's he's happy to do it. But it's, it's, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because obviously like last night, they they were not at the building. He was, but they're all going to be at the building on Sunday for Forbidden. Mm. So, I mean, okay. if, if if I were Tony Khan, 
I don't run a business. I mean, I do run a couple, but they're very small. So they're not <laughs> AEW. But like to me, I would be on Sunday getting Punk and Paige in a room. Yeah. And going, right, look. I know you guys, I know you guys handshake. You need to yeah. put it behind you. Agree to disagree. None of you take shots at each other. And let's work together. And then... I think then you build up to doing it with Punk and Omega, and then finally you hopefully build up to doing it with Punk and the Bucks, although I think there's a potential legal wrangle that won't allow that to happen, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I don't want to sound like Jim Cornette, but like the thing is, in the 80s and the 90s and stuff, so many fights happened all the time. Yeah. Like, constantly, and like, if a wrestler could make money with people, they would they would do it, and it's like, if punks, because also the thing is, like punk, if punk wants to work with them, they should. The only thing is that I think that would be bad for the Bucks is I don't think they could they could hang with him in an in ring promo. Mm. I think he would eviscerate them because they're just not. They are very good at like the wink wink, nod nod, and kind of hokey. BT type yeah, stuff, which punk, is, punk will just drag you when I just yeah. So it's just so I think I don't know how you, I think with Omega and Punk you could do some good stuff. I think with Punk and Page you could do some good stuff. I just don't know with with the Bucks and Punk. I don't know how you would do it because I just don't think they would be able to do the promo part of it. Yeah, so. I mean I don't I don't want to I don't want it to come across that I wasn't impressive because I, I get like I said I what I was glued and entertained by what Punk was doing, but I, I don't know maybe there's a part of it that sometimes I find. Indulgent, perhaps, yeah. right? You know, like he he can be. I don't know. He can be a if, bit. He can be a bit like that. If ev- if everyone agreed, we would not be. It wouldn't be interesting. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting just to hear kind of your take. Yeah, I, I don't know whether that's just my personal thing on punk. The can... I love that he's an absolute dick. I love it. Yeah, well, that's I what I mean. For, for me, when he, when he goes on these, like, you know, he, he, he you just hear his ego in his promo, right? And you just think, mm. like, well, I know he's speaking to his people, right, in Chicago. I get it. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, again. I, I have known in my life several CM Punks. Like, I, <laughs> I have met them. And then I seem to end up befriending the punks of the world. But you're then. Are you trying to tell me I'm a punk? But the, pro- the problem with befriending a CM Punk is you will always fall out with them because they have very high demand. <laughs> so, yeah. no, I'm glad he's back though. I, I do think wrestling and AEW is a better place with him. So the, rate- the ratings are up, merch is yeah. up, yeah. ticket sales are up. So yeah, it's a good thing. That's that. Uh, let's quickly finish just a, just a minute or two on the women's Owen Hart bracket. We got Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, Anna J A S, terrible name, and Sky <laughs> Blue. Uh, Nyla Rose, Willow Nightingale, Athena, and Billy Starks. That's a great side of the bracket, that one. Um, for me, Billy Starks is like a, a prodigy. Um, it's going to be great to see her perform, but I think Athena will probably go over and meet Willow Nightingale, which is going to be a great semi final right there. Uh, Sky Blue is getting all the attention right now. I'm not going to go into why, but if you just got Twitter, I'm sure you'll be able to see. But good for her anyway. She's been doing great. Is she? Uh, what has she been getting attention? You haven't seen this? No? No. He has, um, he, so I think the, the probably the best way to describe this is she's with, I think I want to get one of them from Aussie Open. I want to say Carl Fletcher. I hope I haven't got that wrong. Um, and he even made a joke on Twitter this week because everyone was talking about uh, the fantastic behind. Show. Oh, the photo of her bum. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, it, it, it Funnily enough, wasn't for me. 
So, you know, it, just was, <laughs> it no, wasn't, wasn't yeah. any interest in yeah. me. Yeah, got rolled you. right past that the day it happened. Got you. But anyway, regardless of that, she has been <laughs> She has been doing great stuff lately. Um, and Anna Jay, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Since, since, you since can always gone. tell how Alex feels. Do <laughs> so I refrain? Okay, I, I just, I just like, because you, you, you're so nice about everybody, as you should be. But, like, if you listen, it's quite clear how you, <laughs> who, who, who your faves are and who you're not that impressed by. Just in character form. But whatever. I, I mean, I like her, but it's like she's done You don't like the name, and then you say her name the second time, you go... <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, since she's gone to Jericho, I mean, she did like one promo in that group, and then she's just kind of been. She was in. She she was in that really good uh, hardcore tag match on Rampage. She was ago, right. She was never really did much from there, but she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what was the, what was the point again? Oh yeah, I, you know, I would like to see in the women's bracket. I would like to see Britt Baker make the final from her side, and then have somebody defeat her in the final. That would be my my my. So whether it's Athena or Willow Nightingale, they were on the other side, weren't they? I made that. Up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think seeing one of them dethrone Britt Baker, the defending Owen Hart champion, would be a pretty yeah. cool story. That that does that does the most for the incumbent, if you like. Uh, you know, for the person winning by beating the former, it just doesn't really make sense that Britt's in it and Adam isn't. If if that's the you know she's but again, the... you need if you're going to do a tournament as annual, like. Have there be a prize and not like a prize where it's like here's a belt and a cup and you never see it again, or yeah. maybe you see it for like a week. So I think it's yeah. like I always think back to when you know I think it was, did Braun win the Greatest Royal Rumble and he just got that <laughs> fucking shit big green belt. It was like yeah, and then you never saw the belt again. It was like you oh. know in like 15 years when he's on like a Raw 2000 show he's going to come out with that belt on. <laughs> or Mick Foley's going to be trudging around America looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Either or, one of the two. Uh, Kenny, wonderful as always to sit down together, brother. I think, believe the fine people of uh, Break It Down, uh, that we are very grateful to do tune in. Uh, we should leave them with the visionary himself, Seth Rollins. Uh, next time you do hear from us, though, of course, it's going to be Money in the Bank week. So we will drop a pod uh, in the middle of next week in preparation for the show at the O2. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in check out inside the ropes youtube channel for some of the interviews that we have coming up but for now it's seth rollins amazing to be chatting to the champ once more it's a long overdue my friend um can't wait to have you back on our shores hopefully with that title belt no bomb breaker has a say in that but finn balor is set money in the bank listen man does it feel different to be the champ this time around everything you've been through you know, being back on top and kind of the the way you're being received this time, it must feel a bit different, right? Yeah, I mean, it feels a lot different. You know, I'm obviously at a much different place in my career than I was last time I held a World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I've grown so much as a performer, uh, as a person. My relationship with our audience has grown so much more. Um, so everything in, in a lot of ways feels more effortless. Uh, I don't think that in a way of... Um, confidence or overconfidence i actually mean it in the opposite of humility i just feel like um i you know i i can relate so much more um to the audience's plight and what they look for in a champion and myself and there's just a great synergy there and so uh, i really just feel like it's like it's uh, it's a smooth relationship now you know it feels good on both ends and so uh, i'm happy to be the person i am today standing here with the title i'm with
I know you've said, uh, you know, in the run-up to the belt with AJ to, to make this title happen, uh, you know, you've said it about Roman and his, no pun intended, reign, uh, you know, and obviously he's not here all the time at the moment. You are. You're showing up with that title belt. You've made your intentions very clear very early on. Having seen what's happened to that title, uh, has that given you more impetus and motivation to go ahead and do this? Because I think your title runs thus far in your career, if anything, this is the perfect spot for you to establish, you know. It's a match made, right? Sorry, I lost you a little bit there at the end. Sorry, I was just saying that I feel like it's a, it's a perfect match made, you know, like they're trying to, this is a new world title. But at the same time, you've had to sit back and watch what Roman's done with his titles, and you know you're going to do it different. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, you say what you will about Roman's um, title run. It's been uh, chock full of incredible moments and great stories, and, and the times that he has defended the title, most of them have been uh, memorable, and that's fantastic. Uh, but for me, that's, that's not necessarily um, the way I want to be a champion. You know, I, I, I was a fan of of the older champions growing up, the, the NWA champions, the guys that took the title around to all the towns and defended it in every city. You know, that's just what I grew up with. I think that's part, part of what a champion, a champion guys like Ric Flair and Harley race. And even, uh, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were examples of that as well. Uh, even if you go all the way to John Cena, uh, CM Punk as a WWE champion as well. These were guys who were my examples. Um, you know, when I was when I was growing up and what, what was kind of fixated in my mind, uh, I never really wanted to be a Brock Lesnar. That really wasn't the type of champion I wanted to be. I, I saw what that did to uh, us as a roster and us as a business, and I didn't like it. And uh, if I ever got the opportunity to to be that type, type of champion or to be a champion that, you know, was at the very tip top, I wanted to be like the guys I idolized when I was growing up, not the guys that I thought were not necessarily great for the business overall. You know, we mentioned Roman Reigns for a second there. I want to talk about your Rumble match real quick, because to me, everything about it, right, especially, you know, the entrance, that was magical as well, the shield callbacks and just the, the mind games that led up to it. The match itself, sensational. The finish left, every, you know, myself included, left us to be like, oh, man, just because everything else was so, you know, it's kind of taken away from you almost. Uh, if you could go back, would you do a different finish? <laughs> yeah, I'd go over. That'd be the finish I would do. I'd, I'd beat. I'd beat the son of a bitch. You know, I, I'd have him let go of that choke on time, and then I'd beat him. That's what would happen. But you know, can't change the past. Things happen the way they happen, and that's what it is. I never got another shot at that title. There's a reason I never got a shot at that title. I was the closest person to beating Roman Reigns. I was the only one that escaped on a pay per view in a title match without getting, uh, as he says, smash, stack, and pin. So um, I was the only one. And, and there's a reason I never got another crack at that title. The reason he stayed very, very far away from me for the last year and a half. So, uh, yeah, if I could go back and do it over again, I'd, I'd beat his ass. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, also on that, you know, the, the Shield presentation, which I enjoyed so much. Any reason you didn't bring the blonde streak back? Uh, why didn't I bring the blonde streak back? So uh, I think the major reason was that the shield entrance was a very last minute call. Um, okay. I'm actually, I'm actually lucky that the 
pay-per-view itself was in St. Louis, which is within driving distance of my house, a few hour driving distance of my home where all of my old stuff is stashed. So had we not been that close, uh, I would have never been able to, um, to, to do that entrance because we were, you know, I just wasn't in proximity to get that gear. So, uh, it was, it was that last minute. It was, it was to the point where I had to have people, uh, secretly bring me the, the shield gear in a backpack. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad it did happen. It was great. Though. Uh, let, let's keep talking about, you know, I, again, in Seth Rollins news, everyone was talking about Captain America. Uh, the movie star roles for the big man, Seth Rollins. Uh, how exciting is that for you, man? Because I know that, you know, wrestling has kind of been your life. You, know, you made no secret about that. But these opportunities, I know Becky's had some on TV as well. Like, how cool is that to, to be branching out? Well, I am uh, sworn to a certain level of secrecy, so I, I can't divulge too much information to you on that. But I will say, in response to your question, it is cool. It's very cool to get opportunities to do things outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, it, this is what I love, WWE, professional wrestling. It's all I've ever wanted to do. It's all I really intend to do is career for as long as I can do it at the highest level. Um but yeah, anytime, you know, you reach a certain level in this industry, there's going to be certain opportunities that come your way. And uh, I love taking chances at this point in my career. I mean, as you can tell with the, uh, the fashion sensibility um, that I have come to be known for over the past few years, I, I love taking chances. So, um, yeah, anytime you get an opportunity to do something incredible outside of WWE, you got to take a look at it. you got to try to make it work as best you can because, you know, you only got one life. You only get one chance. You don't know when you're going to get another opportunity like that. You got to make it happen. You know, you know what's funny as well is once upon a time, John Cena, you know, would would ride the rock for kind of dipping in and out, and you know, going leaving WWE for the movies, etc. He ended up kind of following that path, right? And he since said, "Oh, you know, well, I've kind of learned since he's gone." Uh, where do you sit with that? Do you see like a lifetime? In the wrestling business, I know you've got your wrestling school, so I guess you'll always have a footprint of sorts. But, you know, once your ring days wound down, would you be interested in more silver screen stuff? Or do you think you'll always be attached to the wrestling world in some capacity? Uh, as, the, as I sit here right now in my wrestling school, listening to people fall down behind me, uh, I feel like I'm always going to be a part of the industry in some way, shape or form. You know, you look at... The Rock, as the example given here, and and he's a he's a different beast, right? And I think what you were seeing from John at the time, you got to remember, John was at the peak of his popularity in WWE um, at the time, and he saw The Rock coming back after years. Rock wasn't just gone for a hiccup; he was gone for years. Him coming back and taking away an opportunity from somebody else who had been there and been grinding and all that. What John didn't see was the bigger picture and how many bigger, how many more eyes The Rock was going to bring to the WWE, to WrestleMania, and to the talent as a whole. And I, I think John missed that part. And, you know, he would tell you it, uh, now, obviously, you mentioned it, that, you know, he was a little uh, nearsighted in that regard. Um, and, and I think, you know, you saw when John came back at WrestleMania this year, it, it wasn't to be on the marquee. It wasn't to... Um, do anything but be a part of the show and contribute in any way that he could. Um, and so as for me, I don't know where my future lies. I, I feel, like I said, in this moment that wrestling is, is my future for as long as I can do it at, at the high level. Um, but there's going to come a day where 
falling down. It's going to turn my bones to dust. So uh, I, I do have to start looking elsewhere and, and figuring out what, what other options there are. I don't think that's coming anytime soon. I'm, I'm just in the prime of my career right now. A um, lot of years left ahead of me. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, things I want to touch on from the past couple of years that have, you know, maybe have shaped where you are right now. Um, I was there in Brooklyn where you had that altercation. Well, I say altercation. You were rushed, right, by a fan. Um, you know, and the fans, of course, right now couldn't adore you more. Um, and at that point, it, 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 it was a shocking thing to see, man. Um, for you as a performer and kind of, you know, you're going out there, you're trying to be in your groove and all this stuff, like... And did that kind of change your mentality or did anything switch on you that night? Or, you know, was you just keen to kind of brush it off and march forward? I'm just curious how it affected you going forward, man. Um, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that it's such a freak occurrence. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it, it really does not happen that often. We have a great security squad. Um, and, and look, that guy, he was, um, you know, he, he needed help for himself. Uh, and I hope that he's gotten some sense then, but, you know, he, he needs some help for himself uh, to take care of himself mentally and, and make sure that, um, you know, he's in a position where he, he's not thinking those types of thoughts um, because, you know, I felt very bad for him and, and the situation that he was in and his inability to really uh, cope with it, you know, kind of like, um, uh, you know, a fully, fully mentally aware person would. And so uh, I felt a lot of sympathy for him in the moment. I was thankful, obviously, that you know, it didn't turn out worse than it did. And I'm happy security and the referees were, ever, were there quickly and able to get him off me before, you know, it had to turn any, any, any more violent than it already had. Um, but it's just one of those things where you try to, you know, you, you don't expect that to happen. I don't want to go to shows thinking that that's going to happen. I don't want to live my life being around fans, having to worry about stuff like that because the 99.99999% of them, you know, are just there to have a good time and, enjoy the show and be a part of it, not in that way. And so I, I hope that it was just one of those things that, you know, we never see happen to me again. And, and when we do see it happen, it's very benign and rare that that's my hope. And, and, and I don't, uh, I try not to hold on to it and, and use it in any way to reflect on my relationship or my thoughts about that guy or our audience as a whole. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that, man. Um, you know, the other thing I was I about, you know, around that sort of period in the year prior, you was obviously trying to get the stable going, right? Like, and you had really cool people involved with it, be it AOP and like, you know, Austin Theory at some point, you know, Buddy. Um, and it, it, things just kept going wrong, right? Like people kept getting injured or whatever. Uh, what In your mind, was that going to a particular place that we didn't quite get to? Did your trajectory change a lot? Because I imagine, you know, having your own stable, you had some grand ideas that I'm assuming we didn't really get to see play out. Oh yeah. I mean, the character of the Monday night Messiah was very much uh, a cult leader, you know, very much a spiritual guide, a mentor, all of those things. And you look at the, uh, the talent that I was able to bring in under that tree. Like you said, it just, everything just kept going sideways. You know, there were injuries. Uh, then the pandemic happened, happened, um, you know, there were talent shifting back and forth from the main roster to NXT. There was, everything was sort of uncertain and, and, uh, and, and then it sort of kind of reached its, its peak with the story with Rey Mysterio and Dominic and all that. And there was really nowhere else for it to go uh, because it had been decimated uh, so clearly, uh, you know, 
throughout the, the, the year of 2020. And so uh, I think it had a lot of legs. I think when you saw it just getting started sort of in, in, in late 2020, early 2020, uh, I think we had a chance to be one of the most dominant stables uh, in the WWE at the time, you know, this is pre bloodline as well. And so it would have been very interesting to see, you know, had we kept going where everybody would have landed. It's uh it's, 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 it's a fun way, fun little fantasy booking experiment to see what that stable versus say the bloodline would have looked like. It would have been very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that's, that's one of those where it just, it is what it is, you know, stuff happens, people adapt, stuff changes and you gotta, gotta make the best out of it. Uh, final quick one for me, because I know I have to let the champ go. Busy man, press to do. Uh, I remember years ago, right, and, and I think we spoke about this in the before, when Bret Hart had critiqued you, right? This is, we're talking years ago now. You've had such a wonderful career since then. I would just love to think that you two have had the chance to, to kind of meet and be cool since then. Has, has that been the case? Well... I love Bret Hart. I'll preface this, preface it by saying this, but Bret, Bret didn't really critique me. He called me unsafe. Uh, he said I was unsafe. I was trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, there's no, you can spit the truth. Bret, Bret's not, um, he's not going to tell you any different. He'll tell you that he, from what he saw, he thought that I was an unsafe worker and reckless. Um, and I would say anybody that I've ever been in the ring with would tell you the exact opposite of that, including the guys who, you know, have gotten injured in matches with me. Um, um, and, and that's, I think that's a fact, I think. And, uh, to, to finish it up nicely, I, I did approach Brett and, um, it was, um, I want to say it was at his hall of fame, uh, not his hall of fame, but, um, at a hall of fame induction ceremony. I have a hard time remembering which one, but Brett was backstage and we ended up in the catering line together. And, um, I said, Hey man. And you know, he said, Hey, and I was like, look, I just I wanted to tell you, you know, uh, someone that, looked up to you a lot and still does, uh, it really kind of hurt my feelings. You know, I felt bad and, and, um, I don't say that often, but Brett was a hero of mine when I was growing up. And so anytime you have someone like that kind of criticize you and your work and your work ethic and, uh, you know, your empathy towards other people, um, that really is painful. And so I, I expressed that to him and I, and I, he knew that I, had that feeling towards him. I don't think he knew that I cared about him that way. And uh, I think it, it hit him in a good spot and, and he apologized and we, we have been fences since then. And we've had good conversations and I'm happy, happy to say that, uh, that we did do that because Brett is still someone that I look up to to this day. Oh, that makes me happy to hear, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that worked out. And uh, listen, I know I have to let the champ go, but we're going to get to see you soon. July uh, in Money in the Bank's around the corner. Look forward to catching you in London, man. Thank you very much for the time. Hell yeah, man. Let's go. Even on a budget, 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.